Hello friends, and thank you for joining me for our final week in our Lenten study on the elements that we trace throughout the Bible as we follow Jesus to the cross. In this last week, we will be looking at the element of palms, those green, spiky, fringe-like plants that seem to be all over the Bible. And of course, during Holy Week, we know that that begins with what we call Palm Sunday, where in the Gospel of John, the writer tells us that people took palm branches and spread them before Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem the week that he would be killed. So let's look at what the significance of palms is. And I think that that will give us an even fuller reading of our Gospel of John Lenten study. And it will also give us, I think, some food for thought as to how we interpret our own experience of Lent. One of the first things that we see in the biblical narrative, as far as the use of palms goes, is that they represent joy. In Leviticus, when uh, God is giving the people the instructions for celebrating the festival of booths. You remember when they gather in the harvest and then they build shelters and it reminds them of when they were just camping and wandering in the desert and now they have this place that provides them with abundant food. And so in Leviticus chapter 23, this is the instruction given to the people. Now, when you have gathered in the produce of the land, you shall keep the festival of the Lord lasting seven days a complete rest on the first day, and a complete rest on the eighth day. On the first day, you shall take the fruit of majestic trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Isn't that wonderful that the symbol of palms is that they would be just enjoying themselves, rejoicing, giving thanks, celebrating, relishing in all of the wonderful produce that they have collected. I love that the fact is also that they the, the feast is two Sabbaths, two days of rest. And so here we really see this significance of the palms as symbolizing joy, that taking palm branches and dancing around and enjoying the company of your fellows, this is actually one of the ways that they keep the law. And in fact, the opposite is said that um, in the prophet Joel chapter one, verse 12, Joel writes this, the vine withers, the fig tree droops, pomegranate, palm and apple, all these trees are dried up and surely joy withers away among the people. So here again, only in the reverse, we see this connection between palm leaves, palm fronds, and joy. That as people are waving them and they're using them in dance and song, that there's this atmosphere of celebration and that when the palm withers, it's a symbol that the joy has left the people. So that's definitely one aspect that we get of palms right there in the Pentateuch. As we move into uh, some of the more historical books in the Deuteronomistic history, um, we actually see that palms were very much like here, part of a festival that God decreed. So in essence, they're part of worship. And we see this become even more formalized when Solomon builds the temple. First Kings chapter six, verses 29 through 35, 
give us a, a, a description of how the temple was adorned. And this is what's written. He carved the walls of the house, this is the temple, God's house, all around about with carved engravings of cherubim, palm trees, and blossoming flowers. And for the entrance to the inner sanctuary, he made doors of olive wood. The lintel and the doorposts were five-sided, and he covered those doors with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and blossoming flowers. And then he overlaid them with gold and spread the gold on the cherubim and on the palm trees. And so also he made for the entrance to the nave doorposts of olive wood, four-sided each, and two doors of cypress wood. The two leaves of one door were folding and the two leaves of the other door were folding. And on those he carved cherubim and palm trees and blossoming flowers, overlaying them with gold evenly applied on the carved work. This is what's really interesting. And we'll get another picture of this in the prophet Ezekiel, where Ezekiel is taken in sort of this vision by an angel of God to view the temple as it will be restored. What's interesting is that these beautiful carvings are supposedly helping the worshipers focus on God. Interesting. We kind of understand that with the angels, but then think of these other things, blossoming flowers, specifically flowers that have opened, right? And palm trees. These are things from the natural world, things that God has made, things that uh, spread themselves open as the sun comes upon them. And so it's interesting that not only are these elements to be used uh, in joyful celebration, but specifically in enjoying and celebrating the worship of God. And that it's a reminder of the world God has made and how it offers worship to God in being what it was created to be. Another thing that we see uh, palms symbolize throughout the Bible, um, this is from 1 Maccabees, is we see them symbolize peace. This is part of a letter from King Demetrius to Simon in the Maccabees, and it's part of how uh, Judea was, was reclaiming its independence. And the letter goes like this in 1 Maccabees chapter 13, verses 36 through 37. King Demetrius writes to Simon, the high priest and friend of kings, and to the elders and nation of the Jews, greetings. We have received the gold crown and the palm branch that you sent, and we are ready to make a general peace with you and to write to our officials to grant you release from tribute. Notice that the, the Jews had already sent this palm branch to this other king requesting that they be released as a subject of this king, that they no longer have to pay tribute and that they be able to have their independence. And so the, the king understands the meaning of this palm branch to be not only asking to be released, but asking for this on peaceful terms and that they're going to make some kind of a pact. So in this way, uh, the palm somewhat symbolizes what a dove might as well. And we also see palm trees being symbols of strength, particularly the strength of Israel. In the book of Numbers, when Israel is making its way towards the promised land and, and fighting and waging all these wars with kings and, and cities along the way, 
uh, a prophet is called in, called Balaam, in order to proclaim and prophesy that the Israelites will actually fail. And of course, he can't do that because he's getting his prophesi prophecy from God. And so he continually just blesses Israel, which is, it's kind of a, a humorous story. But what's interesting is the words that he chooses in order to depict this blessing. He writes, how fair are your tents, O Jacob, and your encampments, O Israel, like palm groves that stretch far away. Also, later, we'll see this in the prophet Hosea, uh, that he'll be likening uh, Israel, particularly with palm trees, and that it's not just Israel itself, but it's the strength of Israel. Um, so he says this, like grapes in the wilderness, I found Israel, like the first fruit on the fig tree in its first season. This is God speaking. I saw your ancestors. Once I saw Ephraim as a young palm planted in a lovely meadow. It's interesting there that Israel is actually likened to several kinds of plants, like grapes in the wilderness, like the first fig on a fig tree in its season, like a young palm planted in a lovely meadow. So this is very interesting uh, that it's not just Israel, but it's Israel as a strong, stable um, entity. And then the prophet Isaiah also writes, the people did not turn to him who struck them or seek the Lord of hosts. So the Lord cut off Israel, head and tail, palm branch and reed in one day. So even looking at Israel when it is not strong, it looks like a palm tree whose branches have been cut off, who's been um, pruned down to the very stub, to the very trunk. So now that we have all of these things in our minds, these the symbol of joy, of strength, of this pure-hearted worship, and of Israel's real heart and soul, we hear these words from John as he depicts Jesus riding into Jerusalem. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your King is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Now his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and all that had been done to him. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 16. So what's interesting here is we can see all of these uh, subtle uh, nuances of meaning in the palms. Notice they're at a festival. There is joy and rejoicing. And so, of course, they take palm branches. Also, there is this notion of the strength of Israel, right? Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And they're shouting, Hosanna, come and deliver us. And so we're here, don't be afraid, daughter of Zion. This is speaking to Jerusalem as sort of the heartbeat of Israel, sort of the emblem of all that is good about this nation. And so we hear the strength of Israel, the joy. What's interesting is we're hearing worship as well. 
that this is them recognizing who Jesus is and what kind of power he has, that he indeed has the power to redeem Israel. In fact, he has the right to claim the title King of Israel, which the first person to have that title was God himself before any of the kings had established rulership over Israel. God said that he was the king. He was the one ruling Israel. And so here we also see Jesus um, being given this title by the people that are welcoming him into Israel's capital. And so uh, what I want us to think about is that very often when we think of this ride into Jerusalem, we rightly so think of it as sad because we think, oh, they're shouting Hosanna now and they're waving branches and celebrating. There's this wonderful sense of joy and expectancy. And yet we know that in a week's time, Jesus will be in another procession, but this time he'll be carrying a cross and people will be shouting, crucify him. And so we have a tendency to read this dark foreshadowing into this moment. But I think that these palm branches here ask us to pause and they ask us to read sadness for sure. They ask us to read um, the the inf the infallible excuse me the fallibility of human beings. But that doesn't mean that there isn't true worship here. That doesn't mean that there isn't true joy and rejoicing here. As human beings, we are very complex and it is possible to do something that is good and beautiful and wholehearted and yet not always do that good and wholehearted thing, but that always there's a sense of pain and joy that go together and that it is perfectly acceptable for us to be looking at this scene that we describe in our Lenten journey as one that is yet on the way to the cross and acknowledge that in this moment there is joy and there is worship in spite of the sadness that is on its way. We can see this trajectory uh, when we get to another Johannine writing, and that's the revelation that comes at the end of the New Testament. What's interesting in Revelation 7, John says that he looked and saw a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the lamb, robed in white and with palm branches in their hands, crying out in a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the lamb. Now, we might say this sounds a lot like that other scene of worship, and it does, because it's meant to be similar. It is indeed people with those palm branches signifying the joy, signifying true worship and true strength. However, we would be remiss to not notice what is described, uh, how this people is described. Just a few verses later, John would question someone saying, who are all these people? And he will be told, these are the ones who have been persecuted and the ones who have been violently assaulted. And they are here in front of the lamb in their white robes worshiping nonetheless. What we see again with these palm branches as the signifier is that there can be deep sorrow 
because the same group will ask how long, O Lord, before you avenge our blood. And yet, even in this deep sadness, even in this tension, there is yet joy. There is yet true worship. And in spite of knowing that they have gone through great suffering, there is great strength in these people that can still say, while they wave their palm branches, I rejoice in God, my Savior. And so as it's our final day together, and we are on this journey with Jesus towards the cross, both his and ours, I would remind us that God is good and that even in the midst of deep sadness, there are moments that we can claim as God's people with joy. We can claim in strength and we can claim in peace and say that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of sadness that will be in every human life that is lived here on earth, we can nonetheless give thanks for these moments. And even in spite of our failings and in spite of the times where we don't do the right thing and we don't worship God wholly and purely, we can claim this moment as the one that we do. So my prayer for you is this week, as we go into Holy Week, may you be like these palm branches, joyful, strong, full of peace and in worship to God. <laughs>